Hello, you're listening to the C to Z of movies. My name's Colin, I'm the C. Joining me is Zijan the Z. Hello, Zijan. Hey, Colin. It's our 50th episode. Well, it's my 50th episode. Well, um, it's also mine, given that my name is on the credits. <laughs> yes. It is indeed. Our, who, who'd have thought we'd have made it this far? I did. Yes, no, I guess it was always quite likely. Um, yeah, well, yeah, if we force ourselves to make it to 50. Yeah, uh, and it's a se- special celebration of our landmark fifth episode. A treat to all your listeners. We've got an exciting interview with guest stars ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> How exciting that is. <laughs> oh, it's exciting for me. I'm pretty sure our, our, our listeners are should be happy about this. Do something different. Yeah, they've been listening to us for all these all these months and years and thinking, but do I do I really know about them? Do I understand deep under their skin what films they like? And the answer is probably yes, because that's pretty much all we talk about. But we're going to talk about it a bit more, so that's very exciting. Uh, we're also talking about the latest Tomb Raider film, uh, the films of Richard Gere and the Tim Burton quiz, and much, 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 much more. more. We start as we have probably in 49 previous episodes mm-hmm. uh, with the news. Sijan, news me. <laughs> Is that a word now? I'm going to, I'm starting making some new catchphrases for our future <laughs> Okay, fair enough. Um, let's start, which is the most controversial one? Ooh, ooh. Why not? We've, we've, but, we've, we've gone edgy, have we? Well, it's our 50th episode. Yeah, it's time to cast off the, uh, the mantle of comfort and move into the world of edginess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Lucas Hedges is playing Shia LaBeouf. Lucas Hedges is playing Shia LaBeouf. In a LaBeouf pen biopic. What? <laughs> <laughs> How does that sound, Colin, for an AG podcast? Yeah, did you make that up? <laughs> no, I did not make that up. Why would I make that up? How can I make something <laughs> no, like this up? You, no, no one can make that up. That's, that's insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's um, currently titled Honey Boy. And it was a script on Hollywood's Blacklist. So it's one of the collection of excellent unproduced screenplays. Yeah. And it was described as a child actor and his law-breaking, alcohol-abusing father attempting to mend their contentious relationship over the course of a decade. Is Sean Booth got anything to do with this? Uh, yeah, he penned it. He, oh, he wrote it? Okay. He wrote it. No one wants to see that. Sean uh, Booth does. Well, uh, but Lucas Hedges, he's a good actor. He's done Oscar-nominated stuff. Manchester by the Sea, um, yeah. Lady Bird, he's up and coming. And now... Charlotte Beef. Well, I don't know what to say. That's career making. That's absolutely insane. Um, I know, okay. right? <laughs> no, well, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit in shock. I think that was maybe too, con- <laughs> too controversial. Um, let me let me bring it down a bit in um, yeah. less controversial news. Well, I don't know, more mainstream news. Um, Danny Boyle has confirmed that he's going to be directing the next James Bond film, Daniel Craig's last appearance in the role. Okay. And I believe he's also co-writing it. Interesting. Uh, yeah, they've, they've gone... It's weird, they've gone for big-name directors recently. Um, you had Sam Mendes, mm-hmm. um, which they never really did before, uh, before the kind of Craig era. Mm-hmm. Um, Daniel Boyle's big name. Um, to be honest, I think I've said before. I, I, know, I think it's crazy that Daniel Craig's coming back again. He clearly doesn't want to do it. Really, I think his, yeah, his time has passed. Yeah, uh, he's been doing. I mean, he hasn't done as many films as some, but he's yeah cranked out now. And I think the the audience reaction to Spectre wasn't as as strong as it could have been. It feels like no. it was time to to move on. But 
There we go. It's kind of a big final hurrah. You you keep saying that is his final hurrah, right, Colin? But ten films down the line, you <laughs> think he's going to be Daniel Craig? Yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> yeah, because uh, I think Senior R was absolutely fantastic. I'm a big fan of that. But they've not been they've not lived up to that standard. I don't think. Um, no, definitely not. Um, they all they all blur into the same film to me. Like if you ask me to tell the difference between any of the the the, the James Bond films, uh, it's very difficult. Right. Well, this this is going to be his fifth, I think, which puts him one behind Connery, two behind more, I believe. So maybe he's going to going to stick it out on. to the eighth. Yeah, I can't see that happening. No, no, shouldn't happen. Uh, what do I have? Like, so, Dennis Villeneuve. Oh yes. I'm going to pronounce his name wrong again. Uh, has committed to a new take on uh, Dune, the Frank Herbert classic. Mm. You read uh, Dune. I have read Dune. Um, there were spices. Okay. And sand and worms, if I'm not mistaken. It was a while since I read it. I, I'm pretty I've sure not read, I've there. not read it, but I think you're right. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so there's sand and spices and giant and, worms. And giant worms. Apparently, um, I read Rob Lowe's uh, autobiography a while ago. Apparently, he was offered a role in the in Dune film. Um, and then he's asking, well, if, if I make it to the sequel... What's going to happen? So in, in the sequel, your character turns into this massive worm. So he turned it down on that basis. Um, <laughs> why, why pay to see Rob Lowe turn into a massive worm? When he did it in real life anyway. That's uh, <laughs> that's a bit of 80s satire for you there. <laughs> no, he de- seems like a decent bloke these days. Yes, um, yes. Um, the goal is to make two films. Yes. Maybe more, but... At least two. Well, two, nowadays, two is quite restrained by today's standards, isn't it? It's, it is. Yeah, everyone's going for a three and split the last film yeah. into two parts as well. They're so. not saying they're going to make a massive Dune universe, Dune universe, if you will. Um. <laughs> well, good luck. Villeneuve, I think, is a, a great director, so I'll be up for that. Mm-hmm. Just did Arrival and Blade Runner twenty forty nine, so he knows his sci fi. Yes. Um. Speaking of sci-fi, you might recall that last week I suggested that maybe to pair with Chris Hemsworth in the new Men in Black film, they would uh, they'd pair him with a woman. Yep. Turns out my fifty-fifty uh, roll of the dice is turning out <laughs> correct. Tessa Thompson is signed on. Mm-hmm. I'm a genius. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm, pull- I'm pulling the strings that, that Hollywood is dancing to. That's what's happening yeah. here. Yeah, can you can you put a good word for me as well while you're at it? I would like to star in the the sequel for this man in Black Reboot. No, no, no sorry, you're you're playing Charlotte Booth's dad. That's just <laughs> <laughs> lined up. It's happening. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of Tessa Thompson. I think she's fantastic in Creed. Really enjoyed what she did in uh, Thor Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw Annihilation uh, yesterday, which I was um, so did I. Less impressed with um with with her role in that. But maybe we'll come on to that in a bit. Uh, I think that's that's great casting. Obviously, she plays well off Chris Hemsworth. We've already seen them together in, in Ragnarok. Mm. So uh, I'm all I'm all all in favour of that. I'm on board. Yeah, me too. Um, if it'll get going though, like it's taking forever for this reboot to happen. Yeah, there seems to be a bit more kind of flowing of activity now but after yeah. a long time of kicking it around. I think those two work well. Well, they do work, and they're both both good at the comedy. Mm. Um. Speaking about films that no one asked for. Okay. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yes. And Danny DeVito. 
uh, teaming up is again. It, is it happening? Yeah. Are we finally are we finally getting triplets? Yes, they're joining. Yes. And do you know you know who's playing the triplet? Well, it was always going to be Eddie Murphy. Is that? Yeah, 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 yeah. This is. Are you sure this? Are you sure you even just picked up a new story from about 1994 or something? <laughs> <laughs> I hope not, because um, it was in my news feed. <laughs> okay. That I signed up for, so uh, yeah, you should be. I'm right. excited. I, I'm not. I'm, I'm not a Schwarzenegger fan at all, really. But I thought Twins was great, and I'm all over to it. I so clearly, you are definitely pulling the strings behind this. Comic yes, you see, no one else asked for this film. You but you did. see, I'm, I'm the guy who's making this stuff happen. Uh huh. Yeah. When we get the uh, three to tango sequel, I've been after for a long time. <laughs> well, we'll know it is you. You caught it on this podcast. That's right. I'm just uh, googling this to see if it's actually true. Hmm. Yes, Arnold Schwarzenegger says the script is in. How dare you doubt my sources, Colin? <laughs> if if uh, our listeners um, are familiar with the show, they might notice that a lot of our predictions don't don't pan out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but no, I would never doubt you. Tiffany Haddish is going to be in the Lego Movie sequel. Well, that's uh, that's all going on. Lots of things happening. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, that wasn't even on my news list. That's just that's hot off the uh, the presses. Um, I thought it was on my news list. Uh, Dan Gilroy is re-teaming with Jake Gyllenhaal uh, to make a film for Netflix. Mm-hmm. You might remember Dan Gilroy from such films as Nightcrawler, which is, Jake I think, Gyllenhaal. his best performance ever. Uh, Dan, yes, sorry, yeah, Dan Gilroy is the writer director, but yes, great performance from Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, probably Jake's best, and it's a shame that he wasn't nominated for an Oscar for that. It's still an outright shame. It, it, it's it was an outrage. I agree with you. I yeah. agree. So I don't think we really know anything about this film yet, but. Um, the fact that those two are together again is uh, is is exciting. I think I'll be watching that. Yeah, what? there'll be big names: uh, John Malkovich, Tony Collette, isn't it? Oh yeah, okay. Rene Russo, and it's going to be on Netflix, isn't it? It is on Netflix. Yeah, it seems. Yes, yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of your big films, big stars, going to Netflix these days. Yeah, let Netflix win its first, first Oscar. Hmm. Did they not get one for Bright? No. no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, you got any more? Uh. So, other things which are less surprising. Uh, Black Panther 2 is confirmed by Marvel. I have never been more surprised in my life. Yeah, exactly. No one else. <laughs> um, is, uh, is Ryan Coogler back? Uh, they're trying to secure him, which makes sense. Is this going to be a repeat of our Patty Jenkins news, where we announced the fact that Patty <laughs> Jenkins was in Wonder Woman 2 about four times? Um, Kevin Feige is hoping to secure him, but no announcement has been made thus far. Okay. Because he's not come back for Creed 2, so maybe he doesn't like the sequels. Probably not. Uh, although, Benedict Cumberbatch has not confirmed a sequel for Doctor Strange. Okay. So. Anyone, anyone else? Copy what you want. Anyone else not confirmed any sequels? Uh, no, but that, that was the latest from Benedict Cumberbatch. I mean, all the Marvel standalone films had sequels, right? Or are having sequels? Uh, yes, I think that's. Obviously, excluding the Incredible Hulk, but it'd be yes, quite difficult yeah. given that you know the the actors changed. Yeah, <laughs> he, he looks um, different. Yes, because obviously we're getting the new Ant Man coming up. I'm yeah, not sure if they've announced a Spider Man, but they're definitely going to do one. So yeah, yeah, so it's only just uh, Doctor Strange, which is solo mm. instead. Hmm. Uh, it wasn't uh, it wasn't the best, but uh, I think it it did what it had to do to get that yeah. that side of the Marvel universe off the ground. Yeah, maybe he dies. Maybe. Apparently, Chris Evans has confirmed that uh, the Avengers 4 is going to be his last appearance as Captain America. 
Avengers four. Avengers four. Okay. I'll take um, I'll take all the pinch of salt. Yeah. Um, who knows? This no, is no. the Avengers uh, is the late or Avengers Infinity War is the latest trailer that I'm avoiding. So, which is surprisingly very difficult because uh, <laughs> oh. I had to sit through it throughout the whole of Black Panther. The Black Panther one was was just the first trailer ago. But I didn't see the first trailer either. Oh, uh, really? Okay, I watched that yeah. one. Okay. So I had my eyes closed. <laughs> right. Very badly trying to shield my ears from letting it's any sound it? go it's through. It's so noisy in this. No, this is impossible. But it's going to come soon, so I'm hoping that there won't be any trailers in Ready Player One. Yeah, maybe. Because that's the last film I'll probably watch before it comes out. Right. So, yes, who knows if he's telling the truth there, but that's what he says. Um, you got any more news? Uh, just uh, a couple more. Okay. Uh, Natalie Portman will be playing an astronaut in an upcoming drama called Pale Blue Dot. Oh, yeah. Which uh, puts an outer space spin on PTSD. She'll play a successful astronaut who returns home only to experience a bizarre change in personality. Mm. Uh, John Hammer will be in it. Um, and yeah, so, there's Natalie Portman. Okay, fair enough. Uh, and last but not least for me is uh, Henry Selick. Uh, as you well know, Colin, because I made you do the quiz on his films. Right. Of stop motion, who oh, directed yes. Coraline and Nightmare Before Christmas, is finally getting a new stop motion movie off the ground. Oh, is he? And this time teaming up with Oscar winner Jordan Peele. Ah. Oh, okay. Yeah, looking you forward think, to that. You think I'm a like stop motion these days, do you? No, and yeah. because it takes so much work to do. Well, the Isle of Dogs is going to be stop motion, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. And it's got gotten very good reviews as well. So mm. I'm looking forward to watching that. It's nice to see a Wes Anderson film. In stop motion since Fantastic Mr. Fox was his last one I think, I think. yeah he's only other one yeah uh, I have a, a huge piece of news to finish with oh um, okay huge of course okay I'm looking forward to this is it huger than Shia LaBeouf it's even bigger than that forget your Avengers forget your Star Wars <laughs> okay forget your Tomb Raider oh uh, I'm on H now <laughs> the Spice Girls are going to star in an animated superhero film it's happening <laughs> All our dreams have come true. <laughs> we, I, I love superhero films. You love animated yeah. films. Yep. We Bring both we both together. love the Spice Girls. It's. Uh, Do we really? Uh, I no no I I I don't think it's it's fair to say that um, the Spice Girls uh, more or less passed me by. Um, although I did watch Spice World the movie in the yes, cinema, I know, as I've mentioned before. Clear, many, many times. Yes. It was one of your best cinematic experiences. <laughs> That's right. It made me fall in love with cinema, as I'm sure this film would also do. Uh, wow. They, they are really branching out, aren't they? Well, yes. Yes, I suppose they are. Although, if you remember the, the music video for Viva Forever, they have uh, they have appeared in animated form before. They did. Is Victoria actually going back as well? Because she kind of like left the Spice Girls for good, good. Join us next time on Spice Girls Podcast, where we discuss the latest developments in the... <laughs> does, um, it, does it Simon like the podcast? Uh, not the podcast, like the Spice Girls. Simon's been known to enjoy the Spice Girls, yeah. Mm, my my so, brother Simon. Yeah. yeah, we could do a podcast dedicated to him. <laughs> yes. It's all Virginia Woolf and Spice Girls, that's what it is. Yep, all films based on Virginia Woolf and Spice Girls. I've seen none. I have seen at least two. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You're doing better than me, <laughs> 
Uh, should we move on to to C or not to Z when we talk about the films that we have seen or and whether you, the listener, should see them or not Z them? Yep, but in this case, I'm pretty sure it's the same film that we're talking about, Colin, unless you have one more. I have another one. Uh, okay, so I'll I'll start then with the film we've both watched and we've mentioned earlier. You've mentioned were you earlier. were you paying attention, listeners? If you were, then you will know it's also linked to that Natalie Portman news and the Netflix news. Lots and lots of <laughs> links. We've all been pointing, wow, it all comes together. Uh, the it's got, web it's got as much subtext as the film itself. <laughs> so, I saw Annihilation. Annihilation. Which is on Netflix. It stars Natalie Portman, Oscar Isaac, Jennifer Jason Leigh, um, Tessa Thompson. Yep. Uh, uh, Gina Rodriguez. Yep. And a girl whose name I can't remember. Yep, me neither. It's <laughs> directed by X Garland, who made the Fantastic X Machina. Which I think I think everyone eventually agreed that it was pronounced X Machina, but um, I'm not entirely yeah, sure. You know why I pronounce it differently, Colin? Because I didn't see it because <laughs> someone chose not to watch, to watch the film with me where I asked him to watch it because he thought it would be boring. That guy sounds terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Weirdly, weirdly, I... I watched it on DVD, having decided not to watch it at the cinema. Could these stories be related anyway? <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, this uh, this film is based on an adaptation of uh, Jeff Wendem- Jeff Wendermere's sci-fi novel, which I have read. Oh yeah. Have you read it? I have not. It's the first part of a trilogy, and I I do have this habit of reading um, books. Uh, which are going to be adapted into films, <laughs> um, just to just to see and compare both of them together. Um, so just to give a gist of what the film is about, uh, it's about uh, five women who joins expedi- an expedition to study something called the Shimmer, which is an unnatural curtain of light. That kind, appeared in kind of looks world. like fairy liquid. It does. Yep. Looks like a bubble. Yes. So I'm just, I'm just trying to get us a sponsorship deal with fairy liquid. That's what's happening here. And it's like a horror thriller, I guess. With yes, some there's, sci-fi there's in it. Yeah, there's definitely horror elements to it. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Um, so I read the book. It's quite different from the book. Apparently, uh, he'd only when he was writing the script, or when I think I think he wrote the script as well, didn't he? Um, the yeah. only the first of the trilogy had come out. So. Yes. And so, the thing yeah. is, I thought he read all three books because I've only read the first book as well. So I thought he read all three. So he's trying to make combine elements of all three but now that I know that he's only read the first one just like me <laughs> yes. I'm, more, I'm more surprised with what the how the film turned out it was okay. completely different from what I expected so not, like, not, not very similar to the book then no there were some po- plot points which were there but they totally changed quite a bit of it okay. so it was very different very very different so it's been quite controversial, this one, because, as you say, it's on Netflix over here, but that's only because um, they couldn't get a distributor, apparently. So they, uh, it was, regardless of being too intellectual for cinematic release, um, uh. which, having seen it, I, think, I mean, it's not, it's not a stupid film by any means, but it's not like it's kind of, you need a PhD to understand what's going on. It's all relative. There's subtext and there's kind of motifs somewhere else than you could, and some ambiguity, but it's not, I don't, I'd say it's less intellectual, if you want to use that word, than um, The Next Machina. Yeah, I'm surprised there's an excuse for that to, for films not to be screened on cinema. I'm I did assuming that British film goers yeah. are, are, are less intellectual than the American yeah, counterparts. I mean, maybe, maybe they're looking at things like Blade Runner, which got great reviews, but no one, well, not no one, but underperformed at the box office, and they're thinking, 
we're going to get more people watching it on Netflix. I, I don't know. Because uh, well, did you like it? Though? Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't. I, as you know, I'm not a horror fan, so the horror elements of it I didn't enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, in honesty, I probably wouldn't have seen it at, at the cinema. So I guess that that kind of works. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, it was it was uh, enjoyable when I wasn't carrying behind something. Uh, it, I think it's quite clever, albeit. A lot. There's some twists that I saw coming a mile off. Um, okay. I don't. So yeah, so I've not read it, but but it was fairly obvious where they're going with it. And and whilst there is some ambiguity, I think they they could have introduced more. More. I agree with you on that part because they started um, with the end of the film, so you know you kind of know what's going to happen. Yeah. And you could argue there's kind of unreliable narrator or things like that, but um. But yeah, as I said before, Tessa Thompson, she's very buttoned down, very kind of quiet in this film. And obviously that's a deliberate choice, but I'm not sure that works brilliantly mm. for me. Natalie Portman's great. Uh, Oscar Isaac, again, a little bit um, quiet in this. I mean, yes, no one what he does in Ex Machina. I think I Oscar mean, Isaac's not- always always good, apart from in X-Men Apocalypse. Um, mm. So he, he did what he did. Well, but yeah, it's, it's obviously a very expensive film. It looks very good. It looked like it, yeah. But it's a shame that they didn't trust the intellectual cap- capabilities of the it's, non-American it seems, public. It seems so odd. Because, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's one of those things like, like, like um, Interstellar. But maybe yes. isn't, isn't as clever as I think it is. But it's, it's really pushed along that, that line. But yeah, I think you could... It's one of those things you can watch and study and you can come up with lots of different interpretations. But... Uh, yeah, hmm. I'm not sure I'll come back to it, but it was it's worth a watch. Yeah, it's decent. Read the book. Yes. Um, the other film I've seen is a film called Mary Magdalene, um, starring Rooney Mara, as I believe her name should be pronounced as Mary Magdalene. Uh, do you know who Mary Magdalene is? I've read the Da Vinci Code, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> so, the, the, no. Um. So, yes, right. I know everything about Mary Magdalene. Um, so, and, and I was Jesus. just going to say... Um, I have I've read the book uh, in this case, but the book I've read is the Bible. Um, <laughs> really, Colin? I mean, like the Bible and the and Dun Brown. Is, yeah, there, the, is there a difference, really? Um, yes, quite a lot of differences. <laughs> I must confess, I've not read Dun Brown, although I have seen two terrible films based on his work. Um, this is this is an interesting one. So, uh, the Mary Magdalene was one of the followers of Jesus. Um, Jesus being played by Joaquin Phoenix in this film. Um, and this film I think in a lot of it is trying to redress the balance because people like Dan Brown and indeed Pope Gregory apparently as they tell us in the title in a kind of title card at the end of the film um, have said that Mary Magdalene was a prostitute and there's a story in the Bible about um, a prostitute and Jesus are about to be stoned and Jesus says to the um, let he who is without sin cast the first stone and there's been some theories that that prostitute was Mary Magdalene and this film is basically saying no she was she was never a prostitute. She was an apostle. She was a follower of Jesus. Um, and it, as a film, and I, 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 I say as a Christian myself, it's it's fascinating to kind of see what they've chosen to do with various characters because mm-hmm. they what they uh, some of it's based on the the Gospel of Mary, which is apocryphal, so it's not in the the Bible as I recognise it, um, and I've not read that that Gospel as a, as it were. Uh, so I don't know how much is taken from that. But they, they kind of there's very few well known Bible stories in there, so you kind of Things like feeding the five thousand, or walking on water, or whatever else. That just, oh, I know that. I know those. Yeah, the things that everyone knows that they're not in the film. So you kind of you do get him healing the blind, and, and you do get some sermons, but you don't get the Sermon on the Mount, for example. So it's um, it's and you do get 
um, uh, Palm Sunday, which in fact, as we record, is today. Um, so he's coming with palms waving, but he's not on a donkey, which is kind of the key part of Palm Sunday. So they made some strange choices there, I thought. Um, and I think they were trying to redress the balance of who of kind of Mary Magdalene's reputation. They made her almost too far the other way. She's kind of like this perfect character. And, and at times it almost feels like she's teaching Jesus rather than the other way around. So it was, uh, mm. um, I think, well acted uh, by Rooney Mayer. Uh, Rackham Phoenix, I was kind of sitting there thinking, I'm not really buying his performance. But then I was thinking, well, I'm not sure there's an actor in the world who could play Jesus. Uh, the way that people think Jesus is Yeah, because like- um, he's got to be kind of full of authority, but also full of love. And, and, and he's got to be kind of the son of God. And the film very much did, it wasn't kind of, I don't think it's made by Christians, but it was... It was basically taking out face value, saying yes, he, he did these miracles. He was the son of God, and 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 not kind of playing it any other way. They also had a very interesting take on, on Judas. Um, so yeah, I, I say I think um, there's a lot to take away from it. There's a few things I come back and think, oh, I'm really not sure what they're aiming for there. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say rush out and see it, but um, but yeah, I thought I think it's definitely worth uh, worth a watch at some point if it comes onto Netflix or something like that. Okay, well but, maybe uh, I'll watch it. Just to compare with my Dan Brown version of it, yeah, the I, original version. <laughs> yes, um, yes. If if if, if I recommend, I certainly recommend the uh, the book um, <laughs> as opposed to film in this case. Uh, it, it, I don't think it's done very well. So it got released last week already. By I say I saw it yesterday, and there's only one cinema anywhere near me that was still showing it. Which I thought mm. they might try and show it over the Easter weekend, so that was not on. Um, so it's more intellectual than annihilation. That's it. It's too intellectual. In- that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's less intellectual than annihilation, obviously, because it, in- it made it into cinemas. Um, yes, definitely. but more intellectual than uh, Transformers because that made it into more cinemas or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right. Should we move on to our main topic of today? Uh, the film yes. Tomb Raider. Alicia Vikander is. Tomb Raider um, or Lara Croft as some people are calling her yep. um, we might be slightly quick on this because we have an extra segment to throw in today Yes. Um, but Zijan do you want to tell the, uh, the listing public what is, a, what is a Tomb Raider how does it work, what's going on do I have to <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I, know, I know how you like to explain the plot of a film I do like to explain the plot of films <laughs> okay so she raids tombs. Will that do? It? <laughs> Just think of Indiana Jones. Yes, but she's is female. Indiana what if, Jones. Yes. What if Indiana Jones was a woman who unconvincingly lived in twenty first century London? Yep, that's pretty much it. That's the plot you need to know. Yeah, um, we're going to do non spoilers and spoilers, but we might not spend that long on non spoilers. Yeah, um, let's, <laughs> nothing much to add to the non spoiler part. I have lots of questions. I have lots okay. of questions. Um, did you ever play the Tomb Raider games when you were? Well, have you ever played them? I've played the the original ones just briefly. So, um, yeah, we we had a computer when we were younger, but my parents didn't allow me to play many games back right. then. Yeah. So I only got to play bits of it when I went to my friend's house. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Parts of it, yeah. So we had um, Tomb Raider 2 on the, for the PC, um, which was Dad's PC. So, we, again, we didn't have much chance to play on it. But my brother and I played our way through literally like two levels of this. We were absolutely terrible at this game. It would take so long for us to get through anything. Um, but we had fun mm-hmm. sometimes. Uh, but this this film is more based on, on the 2013 reboot of the game. Yes, it is. So instead of uh, using twin pistols, 
Yes. She uses a bow and arrow. Is that which... in the game? Because I was so confused when she picked up the bow and arrow. Yeah, like... yeah, yeah. It was it was in the game. Um, okay. So yeah, even in like the 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 what do you call it? The cover of the game, you see her with a bow and arrow rather than twin pistols. There you go. Mm. Okay. So um, I saw why... the uh, original Angelina Angelina Jolie film back in the day. It's I can't really, remember much of it. I've seen really it. Really bad. <laughs> Daniel Craig's <laughs> in it. Um, Did you do a good British accent then? Yeah, the accent wasn't bad actually. Mm. Just everything else in the film. <laughs> um, I think John Hurt might have played her father. I could be wrong. Um, okay, so yeah, this one, Lucifer Kanda, she's been moved into yeah, the modern day. She's a, rather than growing up in a big mansion, she lives in trendy, trendy Shoreditch, which I'm told was trendy about five years ago. Um, it's still uh, it's, it's, it's got some things going okay. for it here. Yeah. And she just sued her father's legacy to deliver pizza or something. She's like a Deliveroo, uh, Uber yeah. Eats kind of person, right? But every now and again, she makes a makes some extra pocket money by cycling paint around London. Yeah, um, that definitely does not happen in London. <laughs> no. So there's no. an exciting game where uh, she. She cycles off with paint attached to her bike, and everyone chases her. And if they catch her, they win. And if they don't, she wins. Although she jumped on the back of a fan, which I thought was cheating, to be honest. Uh, anyway. um, I, I didn't get any of this part of the story. Really. <laughs> like it was like it was way too overdrawn, just to give like no, not much characterization to her. Char- so her. little characterization. Yeah. Oh yeah, and her, like- and her father's dead, probably. Probably. Or is he? <laughs> we'll come on to that in spoilers Um, I can't remember who plays her dad I can't remember his Uh, name I've got the list of names oh yeah is it it Dominic West Dominic West so going into this film either either her dad isn't really dead or he is dead and they just got Dominic West to play about 10 years younger than he really is Mm. for the film who Who, knows it could be either of them (laughs) it's impossible to say uh and uh, Kristen Scott Thomas is her guardian, maybe, or some woman. Um, apparently, oh, I had to read. I had to read about it because yeah. <laughs> I, I had no idea who she was <laughs> throughout the entire film. She uh, apparently she's a business partner of her father. That's yes. Who bails her out of jail when she cycles into police cars with because a pop that's paint. what my dad's business partners do. Yep. Uh, I think people may be getting the picture that. We, I, I didn't think much of this film. Sounds like Me you <laughs> weren't too impressed. Um, it was. It was pretty uh, bad, wasn't it? Uh, there were some parts which I enjoyed, although there were quite few. It wasn't. I guess I guess just bland more than anything else. I, I'd yeah. say it was better than the Angelina Jolie one, which I think was actively poor. But um, because Alicia Vikander, I've been a big fan of everything else she's done. Like I say, Ex Machina, she was outstanding. Uh, I thought. Um, she even things like Man from Uncle. I thought she was great, and that's quite a small role. Uh, good in Anna Karenina. Uh, I've not seen Danish Girl where she won her Oscar, but uh, I imagine that was good. But I just thought she was very, very bland in this, and she wasn't mm. helped by the script. Um, it's one of those things when we've covered this before in like films based on video games, right? Yeah. Unfortunately, they have to cater to the video game fans. Yes. Um, and, you know, um, you know the, the character is very really driven by that. So, unfortunately, um, if, if you want to, like, move the plot along, and you, you just have a very uninteresting character. Yeah. And uh, I think 
honestly, when I saw the trailer and stuff like this, I thought, oh, I wonder if she's going to be able to be a kind of realistic action hero. Um, but actually, I think that was the bit she did well. I kind of believe that. It was mm. her being a 21st century woman in London I did not buy at all. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's a bit... Because she, she starts off the, fro- the film doing some um, kickboxing or something, I don't know. Some yeah. Sort of, some sort of physical... Again, a weird part of the story. Like, I yeah. don't get that part. Why? <laughs> well, I think she only did it so that I think three separate times later in the film she could do the same moves again and it kind of a come full circle. But she came full circle after about 15 minutes. Um, but there's a scene, but her part, the person she was fighting, or Peter, she says laters to her in perhaps the most unrealistic line reading I've ever heard. I think <laughs> this is not a girl who's ever said the word laters before. Um, do people go. in the UK say laters? It's very American, isn't it? Oh, uh, I guess they probably can. I don't. I wouldn't. Um, so maybe, so maybe, maybe that was a sop for the American market. Um, the I'll tell you who was good. Nick Frost. He was good. He was a pleasant surprise. He he, he was playing a guy in, in the um, in the pawn brokers. Shop. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I enjoyed. Yes, I enjoyed what he was doing. Mm. I, uh, I don't remember any other jokes landing in the entire film apart from him. Were there jokes? Well, Would it, was it meant to be jokes? Like. I I mean, at some time, some points, I'm I'm fairly sure there was supposed to be an amusing end to a scene or something. But because um, Nick Frost's character was, it felt to me a bit jarring in terms of uh, tone as well. Because suddenly yeah. there's this comedic part of it. Because the true. whole film was lacking in that. <laughs> yes, no, that's fair. Uh, so, like compared to like Indiana Jones, at least you have some tongue in cheek going on. There, there was none. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what I thought. And I, I guess this is very much a product of its time as well. One thing is uh, that um, Alicia Vikander's character, Lara Croft, was, was not sexualised at all, which um, I guess makes a nice change from the original films where that's pretty much all they did. Yeah, but I guess the, the video games changed as well mm. to move with times. So the, it, it, it was just yeah, a more accurate representation of that as well. Yeah, and there wasn't any kind of love interest or anything. And that, that surprised me a bit. Um because even yeah, go back to Indiana Jones, he's, he's got a love interest in all those films, and but there's no no hint of that unless you count the uh, the guy in the in the takeaway place who d- doesn't ask her out. But she she teams up, which I, I think you'd struggle because I don't think he has, has any lines. Um, maybe he says he girls, but yeah, she she paired off with this bloke again whose name escapes me. Um, Lou Redden. That's the one to go to this island. Yeah, um, but yeah, find they, both their fathers. Yeah. But there's no suggestion at all of any anything even no. slightly romantic, which is, which is which is absolutely fine. But I just thought if this film was, I don't know whether that's just because they didn't feel it was necessary, but or what. But yeah, if this film was made even a few years ago, I think that would be kind of definitely down on the page. Mm-hmm. That's good for that though. Although I I did have issues with that character as well. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Shall we Shall we go spoilers yeah. or? Yeah, let's go spoilers. Let's let's, let's wrap this um, up quick. Yeah. Don't bother watching this film. <laughs> is, 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 is the spoiler? Uh, spoilers, 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 spoilers. Spoilers, right? Well, first of all, I've got a list of questions that I didn't okay. say this. Okay, oh, let's, let's do that. No okay, so why is the ship named the same as in the photograph? I thought that when so you might need to explain to us. Uh, yeah, so Lara Croft found a picture of a ship. Yes. Oh, and yes. Name I, I, called I, I, Endeavor. So I assumed that that was the same ship that her father was on. Why would she be looking for the exact same ship in Hong Kong, given that <laughs> the ship must have been destroyed in the original expedition? Good point. Yes. Um, 
Maybe she thought it'd come back. Maybe she thought that the son of the person who uh, who took well, her father there would name a ship the same thing. Yeah, I know. Cost that happens. Uh, <laughs> Panned out pretty well for her. Yep. Yeah, okay. Good for her. Um, you know what thing annoys me with this uh, film and 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 in films in the future as well. Let's not do that. Like when people are solving puzzles. Yes. In in films, I would like it if they explain their train yes. of thought. So there was thinking notable no, where she has to raid a tomb. An evil yes, guy, Walter Goggins, something like that. Yeah. Um, says your father would not unlock it because yes, there's this mummy behind it that's going to cause death and destruction through magic. We'll come back to that. Um, so she goes and like she basically she has a flashback to playing with this puzzle and rotates some cogs and it just opens. But yeah, as you say. No, no, we don't ever get told what she's doing. No, that that, that annoys me so much. Like, why show? Like, yeah. it's it really bugs me when, when people solve puzzles and not explain how things are solved on film. Um, it, it also happened at the beginning when she was looking at um the the clues on the ship when you're heading to the island. Oh yeah. And then the guy pointed out, oh, these are our hands. And yes. They stopped there. I was like, so okay, they're our hands. <laughs> now what? No one's. But it's supposed to be that. They're always coordinates. Any numbers you see in a film, they're always coordinates. I started watching Moonlighting, uh, the 1980s TV series. I think it's episode one where they have some numbers, and the detective spends about a whole day trying to figure out what these numbers mean and then figures out their coordinates. Come on, man. They're always coordinates. Anyway, she gets to the island. She finds her dad, who's not, s- not dead. I saw that house away. <laughs> Uh, and within about a minute, he's like, why did you come? What's going on? Rather than, this is amazing, the daughter I thought I'd never see again has finally tracked me down. So, um, so there's that. Um, did you, sorry, did you have more questions? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you the see, you the bad guy, the bad guy played by Walter Goggins. Yes, great name. <laughs> I like how he candidly killed people. Just like- to see how ruthless he is, you know, those kind yes. of things. And then obviously these people do not end up killing the main characters for some no unknown reason. Yeah. Like he kept the, the um Daniel Wu character Luren alive yeah. for some reason. For no reason whatsoever. He so yeah. happily killed like the other he people. Did kill a lot of it. Yes. Oh he didn't. So yes, basically he's got loads of slaves he's brought into this island to I'm not really sure what they're doing. Ray Tombs, I guess. Um, so you get this, you get a nice scene where yeah, Lara Croft is running in, like she's running back to steal. I can't. She's stealing something, um, and she's hiding behind things. But since there's people all around her, she's relying heavily on them just not not looking in that direction. She's like, mm-hmm. I'll hide against this wall of this hut, and now I'll run forwards to where there's like six people yes. directly in, in the eye line, <laughs> and now I'll hide behind this bit of grass. And everyone shoots like stormtroopers there. Yes, yes, they do miss when they have to. Um, and yes, with a bow and arrow, as you say, why not? Um, and in fact, I think unlike a, an Indiana Jones, she's she's portrayed quite a lot of time as being quite weak um, and scared. And, and she gets the job done, and she, fair enough, she finds the inner strength or whatever else. But she's whereas James Bond or Indiana Jones or Doctor Who or whatever else, they'll always be very very confident about what they're doing, and make, she's kind of screaming. She's not sure it's going to work. Well, I think. Yeah, this was based on the first game, right? So the first game was when um, she didn't know she was going to to do this for a living. She just started. So she was more scared and she was just trying to survive. 
So in the first game, she was, it was more of like a survival kind of thing. She okay. she just had to sense. survive. That's why she developed the skills along the way, which led her to become who she's more well known as. That exciting bit where they had to get across a ladder, across a a, a, a gorge. Well, I think just crawl. Why are you not crawling? <laughs> this is so so much more simple. This is why. And this is where it really felt like a computer game. Where it's like, okay, this level you have to do, walk over this, and this next level you have to duck under these things, and this next level you have to press these buttons. Yeah. They felt th- like that. They, they, they felt like you know in computer games they call it quick time events. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you like um the part where she well, fell into the river and she had to survive along the way all the way until the end. Yes. Felt like an, an, an entire <laughs> quick time scene. And yeah, I get. I've said not played the recent games. So I don't know whether there's any scenes taken directly from it, but it did. Yeah, I, felt very much like that kind of thing. The, I mean, the airplane bit was quite fun. Where she, there's this airplane that's collapsed over a waterfall and. You, she has to fight the rightful king of Wakanda in this war. No, that's a different film. Um, she has to um, run along this aeroplane, and that's quite good, mm. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they raid some tombs. They, she, the bad guy, her dad, and four random mooks. Who you know they're going to die. They're definitely going to die. Go all the way. And it turns out, which I actually thought was a good twist, that it's not magic, it's some sort of disease, and that's mm. why this woman shut herself away. I like that it wasn't magic. I think magic would have felt... This is actually what I don't like about Indiana Jones, is that you suddenly just throw magic in at the last minute. So and aliens. Like, well, the aliens I didn't mind so much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm unique in this. Um, what, what, I have a question, though, Susan. I have a question. Oh, you have a question? Yeah. So this woman, who basically, if she touches anyone, they die horribly very quickly. Yes. So she's decided to, to hide herself away so that no one could ever... Uh, be touched by her again why did she spring load her own coffin so that if anyone goes near she leaps up <laughs> increasing the probability of touching them <laughs> <laughs> so that they'll back away in fear <laughs> so that they'll think that this is a warning and they'll think better of it and why leave. why didn't they just burn the coffin <laughs> so isn't that a better way of getting rid of a, a disease yeah just, yeah. just bur- burn it rather than hiding it Probably, who knows? Oh dear. Anyway, so you have some people dying at whatever speed they need to die in order to the plot to work. Um, yeah, I really thought that because the dad gets touched, I really thought he was going to cut his arm off, but no, he, he he died. He took the death. He sacrificed himself. Um, he did indeed. Was the the tomb collapses? Um, I'll tell you what didn't happen. That I thought was gonna, as soon as I saw the first trailer and he called her Sprout. I thought they were going to do one of these things where she's got to like find a password or something, and the password is Sprout, kind of like in Rogue One. Ah. Oh. And as soon as I kind of thought, oh, that's definitely going to happen. So I, I, either they cut it or they, or it was never on the cards. I don't know. It was probably there. It's probably the clue to the tomb. Maybe that's, <laughs> Spell maybe, Sprout. Spell Sprout. Good, be it. Uh, and then so they collapse this. The the two of them managed to lead a some sort of revolt that gets them all off the island uh, into a surprisingly big helicopter yes which comes but, to my third question yes how did a helicopter fit all that people very <laughs> sure lots of trips <laughs> <laughs> it looks so small when it came in and flew down I was like uh, okay yeah. this is weird they probably like go get a ship or something and come along the way and, and clearly, no. clearly they didn't come armed because like one person with a bow and arrow or whatever it is is <laughs> persuading them to to take in all these people on their trip and given and, how dangerous they were, and this is like the biggest find ever, they brought two people there yeah. to pick them up, and that's it. And where are they, they taking them? Are they taking them back to London? 
All these people have been kidnapped from like the middle of the ocean. It's like, right, we all live in Shoreditch now. <laughs> got, I'll find you a job delivering delivering takeaways. You'll be fine. Um, anyway, she goes back. She decides, oh, actually, my father is now dead, so I'll, t- I'll take on the Croft Empire. For And for some reason... But wait, uh, a sequel looms. I know, because apparently her part, his partner... Kristen Scott Thomas. Could be a, a baddie for some reason. No one yeah. knows why. I don't know why <laughs> from the film. Yeah. Just just because she looked back <laughs> looked back in slow motion does not yes. make her a bad person. That's classic. <laughs> Looking in slow motion when the lift doors close, that means yeah. you're bad. <laughs> yeah, that makes no sense whatsoever. So anyway, so she turns up to Nick Frost again and picks up two guns, says, I'll take two in a cute little moment that was in the trailers. Why did the, the final shot of the movie, which is supposed to be kind of amusing? Oh, look at that! She's doing the two Lara Croft two gun thing. Was all was in the trailer. Why would they do that? Who knows, Colin? Who knows? Anyway, I wish Alicia Vikander all the best in the future endeavors. Yeah, um, me too. But uh, not don't do this kind of thing. She's actually got a film called Submergence coming out soon, which looks pretty good. Uh, she and her husband should stop doing films based on video games. Yeah, actually, because. I imagine that she'd filmed, or this was filming before uh, Assassin's Creed came out. Was it? Oh, yeah. Well, probably. It came out last year. Well, she, right? she must have signed on at least before it was. Yeah. I can just imagine him coming home from set and like, oh, Alicia, what have we done here? <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> is, it too, is it too late to drop? No? Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm looking forward to the uh, video game averse where Assassin's Creed man Needs and Lara Croft crossover <laughs> which is bound to happen yeah uh, okay well I've seen worse films yeah me too me too fine <laughs> that, 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 that's the saving grace for this film we've seen worse films yeah uh, we move on then to a segment that I'm calling films of our lives because well, you call it something else and I didn't like that oh, the films that made us or something like that I was really wishing that we did a theatre podcast because we call it Plays of Our Lives and that works nicely as a pun. <laughs> yeah, I know, unfortunately. But do you know much about theatre, Colin? Uh, I know a little. We're going to see Harry Potter and the Cursed Child in just a couple of weeks, Adrian. Yes, we are. Um, it'll Finally be af- rolling around. After our next podcast, though, so we won't be talking about it now. Okay, I will. Um, no, I think, I, I think it's fair to say I know more about films than I do about plays. So mm. let's, let's keep doing films. So we, we've got, we're going to be interviewing each other uh, it turns out, um, kind of our history, the films that we've seen, the, the way our life, the way that movies have changed our very fabric of our being. Mm. It, it, it sounds more profound than it actually is, I imagine. It's, it's not going to be. Um, <laughs> it's not going to be this profound, <laughs> especially uh, listing, looking at all the films I've listed. <laughs> I, hope you've, I hope you've prepared uh, essay answers. I've got. <laughs> I've prepared two worded answers, yes, Colin. <laughs> Sometimes three. What is the first film you remember watching at the cinemas, Adrian? So, um, I think I've mentioned this many, um, a few times before. Okay. So, the reason why I remember this very clearly is because uh, back... So, I lived in a very small town in Malaysia. Mm-hmm. And we had a very small cinema, but it didn't play very mainstream films. So, to watch a good mainstream film, we had to travel a little bit, like an hour's drive away to watch a film. Imagine that, watching a film an hour's away. Wow. Um, yeah. So, I remember there was once when my parents brought me and my brothers uh, once it was a late film as well like um, seven-ish six-ish okay. we were quite young um, and then we walked in the cinema and we saw Jurassic Park 
Mm, back okay. in 1993. So that was my first, um, like, uh, first film I've seen in cinema, as, as far as I can remember. And I'm pretty sure I didn't see most of it because I had my hands over right. my eyes okay. <laughs> half the time. But I remember very clearly because uh, after that, we would go to this hawker center and order um, food uh, as oh, opposed yeah. to similar <laughs> thing. Yeah, and then we go back home. And in the future, when we go um, to watch films in this neighboring town, we'll always end up watch, uh, eating, having the same supper okay. after the film. So, nice. uh, yeah, that's that's my my story for film. The first yeah. film I ever saw at cinema um, was The Secret Garden, uh, which uh, I actually watched again yesterday. Uh, when did this come out? So? Uh, 1992, so I saw it for my seventh birthday. Okay. Um yeah, with, with Simon and with a couple of friends. Uh, it's an adaptation of the Francis Hodgson Burnett book uh, about a girl who grew up in India, or, but her parents died and she was basically taken in by her, her uncle, uh, whose wife had died many years before, and she discovers a secret garden. Uh, if you Ooh. want to hear more <laughs> about the book on which this is based, listen to my, the latest episode of my brother's podcast, Teal Books, where they've discussed it and compared it with uh, Thomas Midnight Garden. Uh Yes, I think a much gentler introduction to foot and cinema than you had. Yeah, definitely. Uh, no velociraptors in that garden. No, no spoilers, but there were no velociraptors. Uh, yeah, it's got a character called Colin, um, which you don't okay. often get in films, so I was very pleased with that. And you saw it again recently, didn't you? I, I saw it on Facebook. Yeah, I, saw it, I saw it yesterday. Um, Does it age well, you think? I think it ages fine, actually, yeah. Um, oh. I mean, I, was probably, I, I have seen it since then, but not for... A very long time, probably not for at least fifteen, maybe twenty years. Um, the char- some of the characters are younger than I imagined. <laughs> so yeah. the characters I looked up as being kind of yeah, basically adult, and they look like they're probably about thirteen or fourteen or something. So, but um, hmm. uh, and the yes, the the garden itself is less impressive than I remember it being. But, um, but yes, I think I think it holds up. Maggie Smith is excellent. Uh, yeah, good for yeah. it. Um, it's quite a popular book, isn't it? So I'm quite surprised that they didn't do a remake of it recently. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe they will. Mm. Who knows? Uh, I, I don't. I say it's, it's quite popular, but I mean, it was in the BBC's top hundred books. But uh, maybe, maybe this was the definitive version. Maybe they thought they couldn't improve upon it. Mm. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Zijan, what was the first film that you were blown away by? <laughs> so uh, I had. Difficulties choosing this, um, okay. so so I had a couple, and there were different reasons why I chose them. Okay. So the first one, which will lead to a, one of the questions that we will see later, was the third Lord of the Rings film. Oh yes. Oh wow, that's uh, quite late. Yeah, Lord of the Rings: Return of the King. I think yeah, I mean like when you're younger, you just don't see film as uh, anything more than just entertainment. Okay. Really like so, I mean. For me, Lord of the Rings was when I felt, wow, this felt epic. Like, right. it felt, it felt like something grand, like, 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 it just felt, felt like a spectacle. Does that mean you weren't blown away by the first two? <laughs> Not as much as the last one. I think the, the, the build up to that helped, hmm. um, helped for that. But I think, um, and another, because I'm going to talk a lot of rings later as well, and oh, yeah. I'll tell you why. But one other film that I love a lot, and it's one of those films that when people ask me what, it's one of my favorite films now. And I say this all the time. Okay. It's a film you've lent me, Colin, on DVD. Oh, what a nice guy I am. 
Yeah, it's uh, Christopher Nolan's Memento. Oh, that's a great film. Yeah. yeah, and to me, I when I watched that, I was like, "Wow, I can't believe they made." Well, it, it's just it's just amazing. Like the the way the film was shot, the the way they do it, one chronologically uh, backwards and one forwards. Yes, and uh, it's it's it was amazing. And yeah, so I guess I have you to thank for. How great am I? <laughs> For that. <laughs> yeah, it's a great film. I love that so much. Uh, I've realised this. Maybe you can ask me the second half of the questions. But, um, yeah, the, we'll yeah. So the first one I was blown away by, I think, was Free Willy, uh, which, again, I probably saw for my birthday. Uh, a few. I, I don't know how old, maybe 10 or 11, something like that. Um, but I, I absolutely adored that film. I saw it my favourite film for many years afterwards. Uh, it's For those of you who don't know, it's about a whale. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> named Willie named Willie and Jesse who wants to free him uh, it's that, it definitely holds up I watched it again a couple of years ago what a film basically it's like The Shape of Water but better that's, uh, <laughs> that's what I say uh, less violence less nudity yes yeah so I <laughs> definitely so I think yeah I didn't I wasn't into film picking so I wasn't kind of looking at it from a from the point of view of examining films, I think it's just it's the first story that has really grouped me. Um, mm. Yes. So uh, I, again, I, I I still love this film. I, I've not seen the sequels, but uh, yeah, I think yeah, I enjoyed the sequel. Go on, I'll come on to the films I've seen as a kid later. But I think it was the first time I've seen this film as a kid and just really wanted to see it again. Uh, the sequels, the the like, will he get caught or something? Well, I don't again. know. I don't. I've not seen them. <laughs> um. CJ, what's the first bad film that you saw? Okay, this was a difficult thing. Okay, you wrote because, these questions. <laughs> yeah, I know, I wrote these questions. But yeah, bad films are so subjective, especially yes. um, they change. Your views on films change as you grow up. And I'm pretty certain that when I was younger, I was still like a lot of Adam Sandler films uh, right now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing, like when, when the films I saw when I was younger, I mean, they they may have been construed as bad films, but... They weren't for me. Yes. Back then. Fair enough. So the the first film I remember seeing that I thought was objectively bad, and it was quite difficult for me to think of it because I tend to block this out of my memory right. <laughs> as much as possible. So I had to look up uh, a list of films that were considered bad. As as oh right, wow. I saw a couple which I thought I saw. So the first one was Catwoman. Yes. Okay. Yeah, and that is definitely and objectively and. Horrible, horrible, horrible film. Right. I've only seen clips, but uh, yes, from those clips, I, I can see what you're saying. Yeah. It, were you ex- were you expecting it to be good when you went in? Well, not particularly. Oh. I, I definitely didn't see it in the cinema. I'm pretty sure I saw it on okay. like, airplane or something. Um, but it's yeah, I chose to watch this on an airplane. Get you on drink because I because uh, I think. Good, was doing good things before that, so yeah. Because I think some, there's films that are bad and there's films that are disappointing. It's not so. so this this isn't my one, but Spider Man Three. Because um, I absolutely love Spider Man Two, and I've been really looking forward to the sequel. And that's a bad film, but I, I kind of almost cobbed myself into thinking it wasn't. I was like, oh yeah, that bit was good, and that bit was good, and yeah, the, this this kind of works. And so because I think I was looking forward to it so much, because I know there's some people who. And I probably do this more now. We're quite happy to say no, that's absolutely garbage. But uh, because I had such affection for those characters and that that story, yeah. Trying to, but no, the, the first bad film was actually the second film I saw at the cinema. 
Uh, the Flintstones. Oh, is that Space World? Uh, no, Space <laughs> World came later. Um, and, but uh, and it's funny because I say I was probably eight years old or something. Yeah, because how how would you hate the Flintstones when you're that young? That's the thing. Well, that's the thing. I think I didn't hate it so much. It's like going to the cinema was still this really exciting experience for me because it's it literally only the second set one I'd seen. So I was very very excited to go. Um, and I, did, I don't. I think it was only later I realised, but I was kind of, kind of just really just underwhelmed, thinking I thought the cinema was supposed to be really exciting. Well, what, what was that all about? Um, so I think it's the, f- the first one that I just remember not enjoying the experience, and as it was only the second yeah. one I'd, I'd seen. And there's other ones, like, I think, yeah, Spice World, the first Tomb Raider, actually. The Born Ident, no, the Born Supremacy, the second one, which I I, saw, I really couldn't didn't like at all. Um, a few years later, but the Flintstones was the first one. Oh wow! Yeah, such a critical eye when you're a kid, Colin. Well, that's it. I'm born to be a critic. <laughs> um, also, also starring Halle Berry. There you go. Um, Did it really? She, well, she she's uh, she's in it. She oh was, wow! I think she's the the one that Fred Finster is tempted to cheat on Wilma with or something, which I, I'm sure went over my head at the time. But um, uh, what's the first one you saw on 3D slash IMAX? Okay, this was difficult. Okay, I can't remember what, this. Were any of them easy? You seen? <laughs> No, I, I've seen films in 3D. I know I have. Yeah. Um, the one that I know I was blown away by was the Avengers film. I love that in 3D. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I liked Hugo in 3D. But 3D was one of those things that came and, you know, hit and miss. You know, yeah. it came and then it went and then no one talked about it anymore. I know the first one I saw in IMAX was probably more like uh, a kind of a documentary. Because okay. those were the kind of films that were playing on IMAX before they were screening big films. So okay. they're showing films like which had like lots of underwater scenes, so that you can see, you know, oh, how yeah. an underwater scene would look like in IMAX as opposed to like a proper cinema. Right. So that's the first thing I remember watching. Yeah. Uh, Avatar was my first three D film. When really, the... that's quite late, isn't it, to the three D scene? Well, it's before Avengers. Yeah, um, I know it's before Avengers, yeah. but it's still quite late because um, I, I, I say Avengers because I can't remember what right. I saw before that. In well, 3D, I don't but... think it was. I don't think it's that late because I think <coughs> that's when th- it was the big. Big 3D film. So I think, yes. I mean, I, I think maybe I had seen kind of like at, a, at theme parks or something some, you know, the old wear a green and red specs type thing. But in, if you're talking about the latest iteration of 3D and an actual proper film, yeah, Avatar. I think, to be I think most people, the, the first one is probably Avatar because that's the one that everyone got very excited by. Um, and that's pretty much the reason Avatar is the biggest selling film of all time, I think. Mm. Um, because actually the film itself has had a bit of backlash since then. Yeah, it did. Um, I did see it in 3D as well. Yeah, okay. Um, but you're right, Avengers was much... Well, the first Avengers was better in 3D. The second Avengers, uh, 3D wasn't really worth it, I don't think. Mm. Um, Life of Pi is great in 3D. Oh, yeah, that's but, true. But Avatar's wasn't... I have never seen a film in IMAX. Have you not? No. Would you want to, though? Uh, is it one Bristol? I'm I don't not, even know. No, I don't think there is. No, um, I'm not against it. Hmm. Yeah, I think it's quite a different experience. But maybe okay. just choose a a good film. <laughs> yeah. To watch. Um. Do you have any memorable cinema experiences? Um. Yeah. So this is a point where I'm going to um. Where I'm going to bring up Lord of the Rings again. Okay. Because I remember this very clearly as well. And I was how old was I then? How old were we when Lord of the Rings came out? Um, the first one we were probably about sixteen. Yeah, so the two thousand, um, the the third film. So what we did was me and a bunch of friends. Um, we went and watched the premiere. 
by okay. Lord of the Rings. So it came out at midnight okay. at the time. So we, we we stayed up till midnight to um and queue up for the cinema. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we 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 had to keep ourselves occupied, so we went like ice skating and bowling and stuff like that <laughs> as well. Yes. Um. So that was my first midnight cinema screening. Um. And <laughs> a few of my friends fell asleep because of that <laughs> during wow. the film. Okay. Yeah. But but I do remember it quite clearly. It's not the last of my midnight screenings because they're quite popular in Malaysia. Okay. Back when I watched it, but it was my first one. So I remember that quite well. It was, a, you know, the, this, the cinema was packed. Everyone, there was, there was a buzz going on. And there was a lot of excitement because this was the third film, as I said. Yeah. So people were so hyped about it. And yeah, the, the whole atmosphere was just amazing. Like, and it was good when you go to, when, when, you, when you watch it and then you realize there are like five endings yes. <laughs> at 3 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> not, not enough endings, if you ask me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that was, I can still remember till today. So, yeah, that's that. Uh, I think that's one of the very few films I've seen where there's applause at the end. Um, in fact, both, both times. So. I always find it odd applauding a, a, a film. Um, I was trying to think if I had any memorable cinematic experiences. Um, I don't think I've been particularly excited. The best I come up with, I saw the film Melancholia um, at the the Watershed in Bristol, which is kind of more artsy films. I can't remember if I saw it with you or not. Mm, which one is this? Melancholia. It's Lars von Trier's Kirsten Dunst. Um, nope. Nope, a big... Not. No, okay. A big meteor cleverly called Melancholia is going <laughs> to destroy the Earth. Quite possibly the worst film I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Absolutely the most pretentious garbage you've ever seen. <laughs> uh, as soon as it started, they basically just did really long tableau shots. Like each one literally lasted like 30 seconds or something. And I was like, oh, what have I done here? <laughs> anyway, so I absolutely hated it. And when the thing finally blew up the earth uh, or landed and everyone died, I was like, thank goodness for that, it's over. Um, <laughs> but the woman in front of me burst into tears when this happened. Um, so clearly, um, clearly it affected some people. <laughs> Different strokes for different folks. Yeah, such a terrible film. <laughs> so let me ask you now. Go for it. So, what's which is the film that you've seen the most times? Uh, so I'm I'm quite big into comfort films. So some some that I will have on um, quite long like, in the background. So I, I, Homeward Bound. Homeward Bound, I've seen a lot, but there's there's yeah. two. I think it's, it might be just like Heaven, or it might be Crazy Beautiful. I think it's those probably those wow. two. Wow! So these these are films that are never going to win any any awards. But um, so just like him, it's a romantic comedy. Reese Witherspoon and Mark Ruffalo. Uh, she's in it. Well, I won't spoil it too much, but essentially she she kind of a ghost like character, um, and they're trying to work out what's going on there. I think they're both on top form. It's a beautiful love story. It's funny. It's it's lovely. Um, and Crazy Beautiful is again Kirsten Dunst uh, and J- Jay Hernandez, I think his name is. Oh. Call that right. Um, and that, again, it's, a, it's a, not not a romantic comedy, but it's a love story. Like she's kind of um, this rich girl. He's going going out of a bit of control. He's this poor kid. He's a very studious um, student, I guess. Um, and, and their love story. And I, I love both these films. I love the characters. Uh, really get engrossed in them. Um, as I say. Other people, my brother introduced me just like Evan, but can't understand why I love it um, at all. But I think partly it's kind of the time that you see him. I think I saw Crazy Beautiful when I was in sixth form, and I kind of just half watching it and then just got really engrossed. And then, yeah, so I think whilst there's some films um, that you can really admire, I think, yeah, this is a fantastic film, but I just don't really want to watch it often. Both of these I can slip on any time pretty much and think, yeah, I, want to, I can get into this story again, see how they get uh-huh. on. 
So I, I, I wouldn't want to put a number on how many times I've seen them, but it's a lot. Oh, wow. Wow. Well, well for me, um, so I know for a fact when I was younger, I do re-watch a lot of animated films. Oh, of course, yes. Which is going to make this very difficult because I'm pretty sure I've rewatched loads of them. I rewatched Mulan. I God knows how many times. I know okay. I've seen Beauty and the Beast many, many times, and so as I've seen Aladdin many, many times. That I could quote lots right. of <laughs> the the Robin Williams uh, quips when uh, when I was younger. And the only film that I remember watching many times um, in the cinema, actually, I've watched. I actually watched uh, Avengers three times. I think. Okay. As I remember, I also watched Lord of the Rings, <laughs> Return of the King, three times in the cinema. Oh, I've never seen a film more than twice in the cinema, I think. Yeah, okay. so I've done that for both of those. Avengers maybe four times, actually. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so... Money to yeah, burn. Those are the films that I've seen, yeah, yeah. Okay. The next question is, um, which is the film that you've walked out of the cinema half? <laughs> yeah, it's only happened once. Um Sweet home, well. sweet home Alabama <laughs> um, and to be honest it's only because we realised we are going to miss the last bus if we didn't <laughs> did uh, you enjoy I'm, a film though? Um, I don't, not really we, 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 we were in school I remember we had um, won some cinema voucher or something and just went to see this but uh, yeah got the timings wrong and realised it was, it's, it's Reese Witherspoon it's um, the most predictable basically it's a kind of will she marry the rich guy from New York or will she marry a high school sweetheart from hometown Alabama? Yeah, I wonder who it will be, Colin. Well, I don't know. I missed the ending. <laughs> <laughs> Wikipedia it. Uh, yeah, I can, I can guess. Um, I know the film that I walked out of the cinema house is um, Van Helsing. Oh, okay. Yeah. The one starring uh, Hugh Jackman. Wow. I think so. How could yeah, you do I that to Hugh? <laughs> I know. I can't believe I did that for Hill, to Hill. Uh, but... I know I I was watching it with a friend of mine and we we sat there for like 10, 20 minutes. I was like, yep, we're done. And we hopped into a separate screening of uh, Troy starring Brad. Okay. Well, just, I've never seen Troy. Was that, a, uh, was that better? It was definitely better than okay. uh, than when Helsing. I would right. say that. There you go. <laughs> Good work. Okay. Now, we're going to the gritty bits. What is the first 18 rated film you saw? Yeah, I know it's just this question. But I find this quite difficult to, yes. to remember because um, I know there's some people like who, who really love kind of the 18 films and like when they were like 12 or 13 or something like would sneak and like try and find an 18 film and just enjoy the thrill of watching a film they're not <laughs> supposed to watch on this. Um, that's not me at all. Basically, everything that makes a film an 18 is something that makes a film less enjoyable to me. Um, <laughs> so whilst I don't object to watching 18 films and I've, I've watched plenty, yeah, if you put yeah, I don't know, sex, nudity, swearing, violence, drugs into a film, those aren't things I'm looking for. So I think the first one was actually The Passion of the Christ. Um oh. the biblical theme for it, which I was gonna to check to make sure that wasn't eighteen. I think I'm pretty sure it was in this country. Um, for the violence, because it's a very graphic story of yeah, Jesus' so I death. Yeah. Mm. Um so I'm trying to think well, I think I was in sixth form, so I would have been eighteen. So I, I didn't watch any before before that point. Mm, but yeah, wow. very, very moving film. I saw it with my dad. Um, saw it again uh, when it came to the student cinema. But yeah, I th- I think that was the first. I'm, I'm running through the others that I've seen. And things like yeah, I think it was the first Terminator eighteen. Maybe it wasn't. Um, I, said, I could probably yeah, all things like the um, kind of Rob De Niro, mm. Martin Scorsese films. I watched a lot later because I wasn't really massively into films before uni. So yeah. 
Please show us that. This was difficult for me, Colin. Yes. Um, well, because we had a different rating system in Malaysia. Right. In Malaysia, they censor things like kissing as well, Colin. Right. So okay. It, this is very, so very it difficult. was Beauty and the Beast, was it? The first it probably time. is. <laughs> well, was Jurassic Park rate, uh, rated 18 uh, here? No. Ugh. This is going... So... Because lots have, of, you, have you ever watched an 18-rated film? <laughs> this, is, uh, this is what you could be finding out. Maybe. Yeah, I, I definitely have. Okay. <laughs> it's just that, yeah, I just don't know. I don't know um, what was the first one I saw because um, because a lot of scenes were censored in Malaysia yeah. due to the violence and all that. Um, people will buy pirated DVDs right. in the States with the uncensored bits there. So oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure I've seen 18 rated films in this country, or classified in this country, yeah. um, as a pirated DVD, but I can't remember any of them. So unfortunately, I can't give you Fair a enough, great okay. answer on that. <laughs> if you, and, listener, have a suggestion for 18 rated films you guys to watch, let us know. <laughs> at CDZ Movies on Twitter, CDZ Movies at gmail.com. Way. And our final question. Yes. Um, the first DVD you've bought. Uh, the first DVD, the first film on DVD I bought was The Whole Nine Yards, the uh, Matthew Perry, Bruce Willis uh, comedy classic. Uh, I, as I say, I wasn't really into films before, well, probably until after uni. But you're uh, into Friends. In, in any way, but I love Friends. The first, I think the first DVD I bought actually was a Friends DVD. But it was, I got a laptop at the start of the summer holidays before uni. I was just so excited that I could like take screenshots from films. Because uh, I could never do that with VHS. I was like, <laughs> wow, I can go. I can. So I had a had a website at the time devoted to uh, to Matthew Perry, Chandler Bing. So I could take sc- screenshots for that. It was, it was wonderful. Anyway, so I think when I started uni, I had maybe six films on DVD. I'm, oh wow! I'm, I've now, which that is collection is built is about the same number you've got now, right? Yeah, clearly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's true. But yeah, I'm, I'm nearing closing in on a thousand now, so it's, wow. it's built a bit since then. What are you going to do with them? Uh, well, I'm having to clear space. I, I had to get rid of a few recently because I'm running out of room. Can you just give get rid of them to me? I go into charity shop, I'm afraid. Ugh. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And for uh, the first DVD I've bought, the first film DVD I've bought. Yeah. Uh, may surprise you it's uh, Gene Kelly's Singing in the Rain okay that does surprise me yes yeah, yeah. it was um, so I only started well these are actual DVDs and not pirated DVDs that you get in Malaysia <laughs> yes okay yeah. well this was an actual DVD I found on eBay when I came to the UK I thought hey I've got some money now uh, I've got the eBay in front of me let's buy Singing in the Rain I've not seen it before and I like Sorry. musicals so why not good stuff Classic yeah. musical. Well, I say classic musical. It's got some classic songs. It's got some classic songs. The, yeah. the plot is a bit contrived. There's some bits where it's like, I don't, there's one song I think I mentioned on here before. Actually, probably in our musical episode, where it got nothing to do with the story. It's just like, imagine if we were really rich, it could go a little bit like this, and then it's going to this big song and dance number. Mm, yes, you do. Anyway, um, let's let's move on. Let's skip factor factor because we're already way over time. We we are way 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 past the time. You're going to have to edit it down a bit. Um, Can we not skip the quiz, Colin? Can't skip the quiz, yeah? I want to do that because I'm in the lead right now. So the more quizzes I skip, the Never. less the chances I'd... you are <laughs> to catching up. We'll, we'll move Richard Gear to next time, but the quiz ha- the quiz must go on, as the expression goes. No. No. <laughs> That's not how the expression goes. The more time you spend putting it off, um, the more time I've got to do some last-minute research on Tim Burton films that do not feature Johnny Depp. Yeah. Uh, hit me. So, question number one is very quickly. 
Which film is the first of many collaborations between Tim Burton and Helena Bonham Carter? Um, it's not going that quickly because <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, stop googling it. <laughs> yes, top, 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 top. Um, I'm gonna say it was Mars Attacks. No, it was Planet of the Apes. They started dating. Ah, but you see, this is the thing. I had my list of his films. I thought we've already done a Planet of Apes quiz and a Batman quiz, so I'll delete those ones and look at the others, and I <laughs> then completely forgot about them. Um, okay, who wrote the screenplay for Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children, having previously co-written Stardust and X Men First Class? Ooh! So I've given you all kinds of all kinds of background hints there. Yeah, yeah, you say that right, but I don't know who wrote the screenplays for them. Jeez, they're all adapted screenplays, so. Who's good at that? I don't know. It's, I don't know who he usually works with as well. I know he has a familiar, a familiar screenwriter that he usually works with as well. Okay, I'm gonna go with Tim Burton anyway. Let's go uh, with that. Okay, it's a uh, Jane Goldman. Yeah, he works with him quite often, right? Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, <laughs> I made that up. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> My question to in in which film did longtime collaborator as well and composer Danny Elfman provides the singing voice of the main character? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I'm trying to think of any of his films that might have singing characters in it. None of them immediately spring to mind as having uh, as singing. Uh, uh, Corpse Bride. That's how, that's, that's Johnny Depp. Oh, it does, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, You're thinking of the wrong one. It's The Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, that's where he sang damn uh, question two for you what was the name of the character played by Amy Adams in Big Eyes oh you're going to love my fifth question Colin yes Margaret Keane correct question three what's the film Mars Attacks based on uh, it's based on a trading game a trading card game yeah yep, that's correct um Question three for you. In Mars Attacks, what is the first creature that the Martians kill? Ooh. Oh, I saw this. Is it a a dog? No, I think they kidnap a dog, but the the first thing they they do is kill a dove. Oh. Which is sent as a message of peace, but it's misinterpreted or something. Oh, okay. Uh, Question four for you is, um, which singer made her film debut in Big Fish playing young Rudy? Ruthie. Big Fish, I think, is the only one of these films I've actually seen. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a big character, though. No. Singer. And uh, her. It's a, and she. It's a female singer. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to think. It's probably about 15 years ago or something like that. So uh, I am going to say. I'm, just, I don't, I'm not just trying to any female singers. Um, <laughs> And I, for some reason, struggling. Um, was it Adele? No. It was a very young Miley Cyrus. Fine. Um, question four for you. How do you actually spell Beetlejuice? And I'll give you a clue. It's not like it's spelt in the title of the film. What? Why? <laughs> Why not? I asked Tim Burton. B? Yes. E? Yes. I'm going. You can stop me when I'm going wrong. Sure. E. No. Uh, what? B e t e l g e u s e. That's a good question. I like that. 
I didn't know that. You can answer the fifth question without me asking it. Is it Margaret Keane? Yes. No, which, Colin, it's wrong. No, oh, <laughs> which puts me two on up, I believe, with your final question. Um, Pee Wee's Big Adventure draws inspiration from which classic 1948 film? Oh, I clearly didn't do any research on this on the train back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Pee Wee Herman. I don't know why. I have no idea. Um, okay. Is that your answer, Pee Wee Herman? <laughs> yes, I'm going to go with Pee Wee Herman. Classic 1948 film, uh, no, it's uh, Bicycle Thieves. I've not um, heard of that. Oh, it's very good. I believe it's um, Victoria Park's favourite film. Oh, really? Well, wow. certainly, certainly one of them. Um, translated in American as The Bicycle Thief, but in British they translated it as Bicycle Thieves. It's an Italian film. Uh, a glorious victory for me, pulling it level for the year, I believe. Uh, yep. To all. Uh, and next time you'll be delighted to hear that we are quizzing on the Fantastic Four films. <laughs> Even the first one, the, the even video, the first one, the one that, that didn't get the one talks about, yeah. Uh, what's our main topic for next time, Dijon? Our main topic is the new Steven Spielberg film, Ready Player One. Looking forward to it, and hopefully next time we'll keep a little bit shorter than we are today. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>